For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Ron Saw, Sally from Minneapolis, and Brian McKinney. Keeping the tight-knit panel tonight to go over the Vikings schedule that was released a week ago. So it might be a little in the rear view of your memory, but we still got to touch on it. And we'll talk about something that's also in the rear view because we got derailed by tornado sirens last week for recording. The kicker, Gabe Burchich. Not sure on the pronunciation of the last name. I should get there. Uh, but yeah, he is here for three years to compete with Greg Joseph this summer. And then we'll talk if we have time to get into the Luke Keekley statement about the Vikings secondary, which he said the Vikings have the best secondary in the world. And we're like, what? Uh, so yeah, we'll chat about those items. That's on the docket. We'll also get some details from Bryant, see how his week was. Uh, he was absent last week as well. Uh, he had audio problems. But that's what the, that's what we got on the agenda. And we'll also um, talk about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, sports, and developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures at betonline.ag. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports waging needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use the promo code from us, B-L-E-A-V, believe, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We are back after a one-week hiatus. We had some inclement weather in Minneapolis and then some audio issues on my end, evidently. And uh, this, so it's been two weeks since we've talked, Bryant. What, what the hell you been up to, big man? Um, I have been keeping busy in those two weeks. Um, a company called Executive Global Tours has uh, reached out to me and actually signed a contract with them to travel to London the weekend of October 2nd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? To host the golf tournament and go to the Vikings game. <laughs> so I got to start talking about it and start making posts about it to get people to sign on to um, take that trip. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, I think I haven't been so secret about it. We're going as well, so long as tickets aren't oddly rare to come across. So, yeah, I can share those. Maybe if you uh, sign on, that's part of the package, like, Travel, hotel, um, golf, one of those days, I think probably this Saturday, and then go to the game. Oh, so it's uh, it's like something that other folks can buy. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So I have to start making posts to get other people to come uh, get on the trip. But I already got a bunch of friends that want to go because it's in London. And, yeah. Yeah. See the game. and it's like a week after my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Libra season. <laughs> and yeah, Libra season. <laughs> 
Sally, did you rule that one out for your travel schedule? Um, I mean, I think just financially, it's going to be tough for me to swing. So I probably will not be there. I would love to go sometime, but it's one of those things where I'd want to be able to stay for, you know, at least Mm -hmm. a week or so. And I'm not in that space at this time with this with the rest of the games I have to pay for. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so Bryant, what's the name of the company? Executive Global Tours. Okay. Mm -hmm. How long of a trip are they setting up? I'm not even sure. They were going to send me the details. I was like from Thursday to Monday. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that's a segue. So thanks for that, Brian. Since we've talked, uh, we had some developments. The schedule was, was dripped out ever, ever so slightly by the NFL. They said they were going to do it network by network. So I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get all the Fox games one day, all the ESPN. What they really meant was like a single random game that they were going to talk about on a Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, really? So I just have to adjust to it that this is the way it's going to be. Uh, but Sally, we got a 17-game slate, nine home games, eight road games, one neutral site that we just talked about. What immediately stood off the page to you about the schedule? Well, I'm sure the same thing as everyone Uh, opening with Green Bay um, (laughs) is an immediate big red exclamation point. You know, I I don't love it. It's not ideal. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing ever, because obviously if the Vikes pull it off and they win, that sets a a great tone for the season. Right. Um, And I don't think any of us as fans could, me personally, I'm never higher than when the Vikings beat the Packers. That is the best day or two of my year. And um, so, I mean, I'd be ecstatic, but it, it, on the flip side, if it doesn't go well, um, there might be a few mental breakdowns (laughs) in our community. So um, it's definitely not the way you would want to start a season, especially losing at home to divisional rivals. Yeah, let alone a season like a, a first impression of a, everybody new on the coaching staff except Keenan McCardle. So, you know, if you start yeah. having that Viking stinking thinking like, well, what if they get their ass beat? <laughs> then you're going right. to, yeah, then it'll be all hell is breaking loose after well, one single game, which it would probably be already, but especially for the Packers. For sure. And I guess what I'm just keep trying to remind myself of is how much anxiety we all had in 2016 when U.S. Bank opened with the home game against um the Packers even though that wasn't week one I believe it was week three um two it was week two okay I thought it was a little later but um I know we all were super anxious about that and that was could possibly set a bad tone for our entire stadium so it's not as bad as that if they can win that game they can win this game and I love a 325 I love it oh yeah that'll get everybody psyched um Ron mine I don't know if you'll speak on this, but but I rolled my eyes because they have two home games on holidays, Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and Christmas Eve. And I live four hours away. And so if I want to have my normal routine of going to all Vikings home games, I'm going to have to bring my family and then sell my wife on the idea that we could do this as a group. And we usually host a big ass Thanksgiving party. So I was like, really? Two games, home games on holiday? And so I don't know how I'm going to navigate those two. It's it's to be determined. Ron, what stood off the page schedule for you, my man? Well, you know, kind of to piggyback uh, on Sally's a little bit um, with the Packers. The reason why I like that actually is, you know, usually a new coaching regime, they usually, not saying they come out of the gates hot, but they like to kind of, whether or not it's a win or loss, they like to show 
that they're deserving of it. So I kind of like that to get it out of the way off the bat. Also, the Packers the last few years have started out of the gate pretty rough. If you remember last year against New Orleans, they got their asses kicked. So that's called um, Kool-Aid. I like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like calls that Kool-Aid. <laughs> I, well, I just love the fact that with Rodgers and the lack of weapons that they have, um, like uh, on the outside, now that some of them could be very, Watson could be very good. Lazard could be a solid number two, um, but he's not going to play in the preseason. So he's going to, he's not going to get that chemistry working with them. So I like it right off the bat at home. Um, Cause again, it, it, it's one of those where it essentially counts as two, you know, you go up one, nothing, um, you know, in the division, that's essentially two games in hand. So, uh, but really the, the one that stood out to me the most that is odd, but I know in learning now that the Vikings coaching staff had the option of it or the team, um, the no bye week after London. Um, now that's, it can usually be problematic because of the travel, um, which, but fortunately it is a home game and it is against the bears, um, you know, and their wide array of weapons that they have, including Dakota Dozier on their offensive line. But uh, um, so, but the travel will make it tough because, you know, you're, it throws your whole routine off. And Bryant, I'm sure you can speak to this on whether it's a Monday night, Thursday night or whatever. If you're not a Sunday to Sunday um you know, a normal routine, it'll throw things off a little bit. I mean, no, no more of a bit of a distraction that you have than in the Super Bowl when uh, the lights went out and that kind of throws everything off. Now that uh, worked in your favor, obviously, um, the way it played out. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Not having a um, bye week after a travel? Well, I noticed as well that it, there isn't a bye week after that because I remember earlier we thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but I, I know, you know, in London, it's like six hours. Well, for Minnesota, it might be like a seven-hour difference. So by the time that game ends, it'll still be early in Minnesota, and they can still travel right. back. Um, so by the time they get back, I feel like they'll probably get them off Monday and Tuesday and just send them to come back in on Wednesday and, like, allow them to catch up on rest then. Because I, I can't see them wanting them to come in the locker room and watch. Like, I feel like the best situation is travel back Sunday. They'll get back sometime, like, Sunday evening or whatever. Um, like a decent time at that, and then um, let them just give them off Tuesday. You know, Monday and Tuesday. They're already going to have off Tuesday anyway. Monday, you just had to come and live way to watch film. Just give them off Monday and Tuesday, and allow them to you know catch up on rest, and then just get back in the swing of things for Wednesday and do the install on Wednesday and just go back to your routine. Did you ever play overseas like that? Um, I know it's ramped up over the past few years, and maybe back in your playing days, I know they had the they the started Mexico it, City but I was game never- and. Okay. I was never part of, I was never on the team that went, it was always one team a year. Right. Was, but um, I was never on that team that went. Okay. And right. they were usually bad teams too. So Brian <laughs> <Jaguars>. obviously <laughs> never had uh, that experience. <laughs> Brian, let's say, let's, let's pretend it's 2008. You're handed a schedule that says Vikings in London week four. Are you pissed that you don't have a bye the week after, or do you prefer to have a bye a little bit later in the season? I prefer to have a buy a little later. I, I wouldn't want to have a buy so like week five and yeah. like that. Give me like around week seven and week eight, you know, and uh, give me you know give me a buy then. But to have a buy week like week four or five, that's I feel like it's way too early. And I feel like you, in those weeks you're still getting in the groove, you know, of just playing with who you're playing next to and just things like that, especially the first two weeks. So yeah, definitely anytime after like week five at least. Okay, so yeah, that's this will be the third year in a row the Vikings have had a week seven bye for for you guys and gals oh, who really? get really obsessed with this stuff. Yeah, I found that one by accident a couple of days ago. I was super <laughs> proud of it. Um, and then uh, we ha- the Vikings have their three division home games happen right out of the gate. 
And before the end of week five, that's it for division home games, which <laughs> depends on how you look at it. It could be awesome, get momentum, or it could be like, oh, good Lord. Uh, you know, we're, we're two and three after this. You got to be kidding me. Something trashy like that. Brian, I know you yep. spoke on this on the past, but um, do it for new listeners. When you're handed a schedule as an NFL player, what is the first thing BMAC looks at? Um, first thing I look at, I just kind of scroll down to the teams that I feel like, well, like the Monday night game, like the big games. I look at those. So we're going to play on Monday night, Sunday night. Um, stuff like that. Then I start looking at who I feel like will be the tough, tough opponents. And then I look at like when the bye week is. And then some teams I look at, it's, I count them as like, we should beat them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing any of your friends or. Yeah, I always yeah. think about who's on that team and who I'll be playing against, too, when I look at yeah. the schedules. Like, all right, who's there right end? Okay, I'll be playing against this person. You know what I mean? So, like, definitely make sure you focus in that week and stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think you've echoed the takeaway that I had from you you speaking about last year is that you do care. And you look at it and you start tabulating. All right, we should Oh, no, you do. Things. You start yep. calculating things, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of, like, think about who's your opponent. Yeah, all those type of things come to your mind. Sally, on, on these games, home or away, I know you, you're you like me, you make it to all home games unless there's some weird shit going on. Tell me which mm-hmm. games on the road that you have circled and are planning to attend and why. I'm still sold on Buffalo. You know, we've talked about it many times. I just, um, I'm really excited to go there. Obviously, it's not somewhere that the Vikings go often, um, you know, once every eight years, unless for some reason the stars align and like records match up. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going there. I was hoping it'd be a little earlier than November 13th, but I'm, I'm still sticking with that plan and I cannot wait. Um, I've heard a lot from mixed things. I've thought over like our entire lifetime that Bill's fans have been very cool. And whenever they come to Minneapolis, they're always really fun and I um, welcome them and I love them coming. But I've heard in the last couple of years, I've gotten a little mm, aggressive or maybe arrogant, arrogance the word. So I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm sure it will be fine. Have you ever had an experience like Ron had in Philadelphia where he was like personally offended during a road game? Um, Well, one time it was not as bad as that. But in 2013, when um, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL, that was um, Christmas Eve, right? Mm -hmm. In Washington. And I was at that game with my dad. And I I used to be um, a little nerdy and I had actually painted my face. And I went to the bathroom um, and this woman had like a squirt bottle of water and she squirted it in my face when I was like not really paying attention because I was just waiting in line for the bathroom. <laughs> and then she walked out and that was two. I think they had both won two games <laughs> at that point. Like a grown was the RG3 bowl, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Andrew Luck. Yeah. Um, yep. That's what that was. So that caught me by surprise. But other than that, just, you know, general smack talking, not really much. Was this woman like mature looking or like, like a 19 year old? No, she was significantly older than, than me. I mean, she was probably in her forties. <laughs> I, and I was 20, you know, four, three or four or something. So, oh, man, yeah, I wasn't even asking for it. I mean, there have probably been times where I have. I try to be very respectful because I know how um, frustrating it is when people come to U.S. Bank and they're very annoying. And um, so I try I try to always, you know, be very respectful when I'm in enemy territory. But I mean, 
I'm surprised at how great Green Bay fans are when we come there. They're so welcoming and so nice. And I always have a really fun time in Green Bay. Um, I wish I was mature enough to treat them the same way, but um, I'm working on it. That's another reason I don't want that week one. I need to ease in. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. What people are all, over these last two years are surprised about me when they meet me in person is that I, I don't talk shit. Like I don't, you know, mm-hmm. Vikings, we're going to beat you. Blah, blah. No, because I know when I do that, whether I do it or I don't within two weeks, somebody's going to miss a game winning field goal. And I'm going to look like an asshole. So I learned like I was like 15. You don't right. brag about the Vikings. You can be proud to be a fan, but you don't walk around like Teddy Roosevelt with a big stick acting like a badass because it's going to come right. back to you. There's guaranteed. Well, it's also kind of like no matter who you're a fan of, why would you talk crap about something you have no control over? <laughs> Like, it'd be one thing if you're Bryant and you're in the trenches and you're talking crap about winning, but like, you're literally sitting in the seats and you want to get in an argument with some guy about what team is better. Like, it's so strange. Yeah, it, it, it is bizarre. <laughs> uh, Ron, you still got Miami. Is that your road game of choice? I am. I'm, uh, so yeah, Bryant, I'll be in Miami for that game. Um, you know, we got a, a little group coming down, um, just a handful of us couples possibly but uh um mainly because we went there in uh, the last time we played in 14 and it was a lot of fun obviously that was in uh, december right before christmas so getting out of minnesota and going down there and it was a lot of fun but uh so how's the weather in uh, in miami in the middle of october it's still warm okay too, too it's hot, hot for me. still <laughs> yeah but it's still kind of hot in october it cools off like around it gets cooler, like less humid, like around Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, then the like we'll uh, bookend either the or most likely after. Um, like my buddy, his family has a place in Marco Island, so we'll uh, spend a couple of days there, possibly after. So, um, so either way, it'll be a nice, uh, fun trip. But yeah, the wife and I are already arranging sitters to to make our mm-hmm. way down there. So um, I know Dustin, you're not planning on going anymore, Sally. I don't know if you're planning on going but uh um i'm not planning to right now just because of if it was going to be later in the season i definitely would but it's just a little too early weather wise for me i i hate being hot if, <laughs> more than anything. if my uh london plan falls through um for whatever reason passports for my kids uh yeah then we would pivot to miami the only reason that that one has been ixnate is because it's two weeks after london and right yeah and just with with kids it's not real conducive to, <laughs> to uproot them twice in a row like that no. but I, I look forward to the day i'll be empty nesting but i can do my job anywhere in the world so in theory i could hit all of these games uh once once i'm an older gentleman uh, well, the good news is like just looking at vikings twitter it looks like there's a lot of people a lot of vikings fans making that trip down there um mm-hmm. so there will be a lot of purple. I know there were last time, and I don't know if you recall that game when uh, I think yeah. it ended or when it was decided on a blocked punt, um, but it was like a 37-35 game or something like that. It was a blocked punt for a safety, and it was just a, a fun back and forth. You know, both teams were out of it. We had Teddy um, in his rookie season, and uh, um, so, yeah, it was a fun experience there. Was it the same year as that wild-ass Ravens game, or was that the year before? Um, that one was the year before. Cause that okay. was Cordero's rookie year. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I always put those in the two same bucket where I'm like, Oh my God, what? like you know, both teams aren't going anywhere, but there's, you know, you still watch them cause it's the Vikings and or both, both Vikings teams, I should say weren't going anywhere. And I remember, right, were you on that Ravens team? The, which, which what one? year was that? 2013, was it- I believe. 
when it no, was he went to the, no, he yeah. went to the Dolphins. I had already left he for the Dolphins. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, yeah, that was, like, I remember just seeing the highlights of it even now where it was, like, like 20-something points scored in the last three minutes. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, snow. Yeah, I was at that, I was at the, that yeah. game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we decided to go the night before. So Your neck of the woods. Yeah, Baltimore's, like, three hours from Richmond. So that morning we're like, all right, we're going. Conditions were terrible as far as, like, the roads go. So we just got there. We had no tickets. We waited in the parking lot and we got second row 50 yard line for $50 a piece. Wow. Um, but this was like in 2013. Been, so your yeah, phone barely worked like when you're trying to, <laughs> when it's snowing, you know, um, but it was really cool. But even sitting in the second row, you could barely see the visibility yeah. was so bad, but it was a really cool game other than being soaking wet. And that is a game where actually fans were throwing the snowball snowballs. You probably remember they were throwing the ice balls at AP. Mm-hmm. And he got mad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a cool game. <laughs> um, Obviously, let's, memorable. Let's, yeah, the, the wild finish. I always I always put that in the same category as the Dolphins wild finish road games that didn't go well. No, the Vikings one went all right. Well, oh. and I had a mental breakdown after that it for the because they lost as if it mattered again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I used to be very take it very personally. Oh, it's understandable. You uh, <laughs> you talked about the week one making you raise your eyebrow because it is trial by fire for O'Connell against the Packers. What do you like about the schedule, Sally? Um. Well, <laughs> be careful what you wish for, right? Because um, we sat on here and complained <laughs> about um, the Bears being the last home game like eight years in a row, <laughs> and now they decided to flip flop it. I don't necessarily know if I want Minnesota playing there in the second week of January um, outside. That doesn't sound ideal, especially that right field. At, Yeah, that <laughs> field conditions are already terrible, right? Right. So second week of January, it's probably going to be frozen. Um, so that's not ideal. But I will say I'm very glad that that Chicago game is not primetime. Mm-hmm. They keep putting that in prime time year after year for no reason. So that's good. Um, I mean, there's a few other things I like about it. I I don't like Monday night football against the Eagles. I'll tell you that. Now, Brian, wait real quick back to soldier field in the, like, I know, you know, when we had Devin Hester on, he had talked about um, how that field, and I know you've mentioned it too. It's like a, like sand. Yeah. Um, Is it like, does the colder weather change that at all? Like, cause I know, like, I'm just trying to think of, you know, if you're running on a beach or something and like the hotter it is, the looser the sand is like, does it actually improve? It's all loose again if it's wet. Okay. So it really depends on like if it's too much moisture, whether it's snow or rain um, can affect it. Is that the worst field you've played on or is Washington still worse? I know Washington is like notoriously bad for whatever reason. Like which Washington? Uh, DC. Oh yeah, I feel like I don't know for some reason maybe because I play on it every year. Um, so Chicago probably stands out more. Yeah, yeah. Washington definitely has a really bad reputation as yeah. well. Um, but I don't. I mean, why is that though? If you if you know that your team or your field is really bad, what, can these things just not be fixed, or do they not want to fix them? Or, or Daniel really Snyder. <laughs> what like, you say? Or is in-house really complaining about it? I don't know. Well, you would think uh, I if said Daniel Snyder, like I mean, I don't think he cares. Uh, to <laughs> well, I just feel like 
if visiting teams players are getting injured because of the conditions, mm-hmm. so are your own players, right? So yeah. I guess I've just never understood that. Yeah, the Bears and one, I think, is just the mystique of it. It's old. It's going to be that way. And then we already know Daniel Snyder's not a humanitarian, so he probably doesn't give a <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. That's a great And then now that like, with, yeah. uh, um, what was it, or where was the Super Bowl played this last year? The, I can't even LA. recall. But LA. The, mm-hmm. um, and is so that, Mm-hmm. Is that artificial turf? Like, cause what is it like, or is it the, cause um, I know there was a lot of complaints about uh, like after Odell tore his knee, like how that type of field is conducive to, to knee injuries. Now, obviously on an ACL, like if you plant like the non-contact injuries, when you plant, um, you know, if you're not in grass, um, you know, it doesn't have the give, but I've never, you know, I've never played football on, uh, on artificial turf or only, you know, ran around, uh, like playing soccer, but, uh, um, Brian, is there anything from your perspective, as far as like the artificial versus real, like what I guess feels better from a player's standpoint? Um, artificial probably feels better as far as people are getting tackled. Um, I remember we had like a little, um, thing where we couldn't win on <laughs> real grass or something for a minute. Like, <laughs> Long time. The Vikings had like a thing like on a roll if it's real grass and it's like we had weren't going to win. Um, with the real grass though, it can come up easy. I, I've never really seen the turf like come up or be moved, but um, the, the artificial stuff I feel like is a little softer and probably like a little better. But can you get do you get better traction in the real stuff? Like I know you obviously can change out well, your the, the real stuff it can come up like you depend on the weather is you know what i'm saying like you right. can dig stuff up like just playing with cleats on so but i feel like the um the artificial like the astral turf does it or whatever the wait you know the new stuff yeah. like the, I'm, yeah. I'm, saying, I'm thinking about the hard stuff too the old the, the, the the new stuff, yeah that was terrible <laughs> but the new stuff where you felt fast on there but if you fell it was over on the uh, the schedule, I enjoy it on the whole um, because it's not as daunting, flat out, as last year. Last year, we stared yep. at the schedule, and we were like, good good God. And it turned out, for the most part, to be a good God type of schedule. Now, I think I predict every year that the Vikings have nine home games. I'll warm up to it right, right away. And then some interesting stuff on the schedule. This will be the first time in 51 years the Vikings have ended a season at Soldier Field. Uh, this is yeah. the first first time in franchise history they've ever ended with back-to-back road games against the Packers and the Bears. So another trial by fire moment. And then aside from London, it's a close-knit schedule. The furthest west the Vikings play football is US Bank Stadium. Go figure, go figure that one out. The furthest road game, westerly road game is the Packers. And so they won't travel, you know, west of the Mississippi River until next year, unless they get to the playoffs for dates with the Raiders and Broncos. Ron, tell me what you like about the schedule. Well, I actually, I do like the, I'm looking at it here, the first six weeks prior to the bye. Um, now, obviously, like maybe it's the the purple glasses, Kool-Aid, whatever, but those, like they're all winnable games. Like even the tough games, like at Green, or hosting Green Bay, like again, you get them at our place to open the season. Um, so that, I feel like levels the playing field a little bit more. And then um, at Philly, um, while yes, like Philly is an improved team, um, and they still have Jalen Hurts at quarterback. And I don't trust him. Clearly they don't either because they're talked about all the time as far as, 
you know, who's going to replace or who are they going to bring in? Um, and then the other road games, um, you know, New Orleans is a neutral site game. So like, why, if we had to go to the Superdome, obviously whoever they have a, at quarterback, it would be a tough game, but now you take away a road game or a home game from them and play it in London. So that levels the playing field a little bit. And then, um, you know, again, Miami, um, it's Miami should be a good team and it improved, but, um, you know, a, are you sold on Tua or not? I personally am not. And while uh, Teron Armstead is one hell of a left tackle, he's not playing on the right side. So it's like, here you bolstered up your, the front side for Tua, but that blind side is still out there. And as long as Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter are healthy, um, the pass rush should be able to um, make an impact in that game. Um, So I really like those first six games. I think, um, you know, all of them are winnable, but I, if they come out of it less than four and two, I feel like then that's where, you know, Oh, great. Here we go again. Or what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. That would, you'd start to bang the drum drum really early on, on moving on from cousins. If they got out of the gate with a very weak showing, because this is set up for O'Connell to be successful, you know, by no tribute to to him. It's just the way that it works. And the schedule is not too nasty out of the gate. Um, on, on the, the schedule, Ron, is there, is there stuff on it that you're like, Oh, uh, I don't like that at all. Aside from the murderous stretch in November. I mean, it obviously, yeah. Ending with two road games in cold weather with green Bay and Chicago. And the fact that those are always going to be rivalry games. Um, so Chicago, if they have two wins at that point and say the Vikings are fighting for a playoff spot, <laughs> the division, the division rival game is always going to be that added, um, added pressure. So um, maybe even that from 14 on when we play all three division opponents on the road, maybe that's kind of like, again, it could be either good or bad. Cause if you take care of business at home and then you set yourself up nicely in those last five weeks, um, you know, if you're sitting at, nine wins or, you know, eight, nine wins by week 14, then you're feeling a little bit better. But if you're struggling, then you can't make up that ground or it's going to be more difficult to go on the road and beat three division teams. So, um, you know, obviously the Dallas new England or the Buffalo Dallas, new England, that's going to be a tough stretch um, just with the, the, the road game and then Thanksgiving. Um, and, you know, we've lost to backup Dallas quarterbacks the last two years. So <laughs> at home, uh, <laughs> at yeah. home. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but otherwise we always know who our opponents are going to be once the season ends. So it's just, where's it going to be laid out? So um, even last year, looking at week one, um, we played the Bengals week one and a lot of us thought, like, oh, great. Like, losing to the Bengals, that's mm-hmm. going to be nail in the coffin for the season. They <laughs> went on and played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, while, while it could have been a nail in the coffin anyways, it was – you don't know who you're playing. So, even Detroit week three, maybe they're a much improved team um, with a second-year head coach. And uh, and if Jared Goff plays like he did um, that one year when they went to the Super Bowl in, uh, with the Rams, you know, maybe they could be a solid team. So, um, it's hard to look at anything and take anything for granted at this point. But – you know, I, there isn't any big letdown, like, Oh, we have four straight road games. You know, we're going East going West. No, there's none. There's, there's none of that. And that, that is uh, almost feels like a first of its kind because we always seem to have that, whether it's the the Monday nighter in Seattle, primetime, primetimer in Seattle, 
um, to roll your eyes at, but uh, there's really not too much to think, you know, oh my goodness, on the Cowboys at home, half joke, half serious, I wrote on Vikings territory that let's let's hope Prescott plays, for the love of God, because oh, we have right. better luck right. against him, because they actually plan for him, evidently. Uh, Sally, right. don't necessarily like the Packers out of gate, don't like finishing at the Bears. Um, is there anything else that grinds your gears about this schedule? Well, it grinds my gears that the Packers get to play the Lions the last game every single year. Mm-hmm. You know why you that know? is? Well, yeah, it's because the Vikings are playing the Bears every year. But they like to the the NFL wants to preserve the sanctity of Packers Bears, and they feel because of how the Bears have been recently, if they put them together in the the last week, it'll be meaningless. So they always want the Packers and Bears game to be meaningful, not resting starters or really. Mm-hmm. So or do they do this to any other teams in other divisions? I don't know. I'd have to study the, the, yeah, the trend, but th- that's I'm, why we always get the Bears is because they want the the Packers and Bears to play right before the end of the season, not in a meaningless game. But that's ridiculous because on the years where it is meaningful, mm-hmm. it would be even more impactful. That's right. ridiculous. Well, those are probably years then, like if the Bears show an upward trajectory, then next year it'll be, yeah. hey, we'll put them uh, week 17. But when's the last time that the well, two of those teams have been good the same year? The Bears beat the Vikings to get into the playoffs on a week 17. And then the next year yeah. they didn't put them against the Packers. Yeah. So, uh, okay, now I'm, now I'm upset about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all those owners, uh, owners in Green Bay that have that pull. <laughs> oh, that must be what it is. Um, I mean, other than that, I don't really have, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. It's obviously as far as last year's, you know, results, it, it does seem like it's a much um, more favorable schedule. Hopefully it stays that way. I'm with you on the holiday thing. Um, I don't love the Thanksgiving evening. It's just going to be really weird having like two home tailgates on a on holidays. I mean, I guess Thanksgiving could be fun. We'll do like a Randy Moss turkey or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have any anything really else. Um, I'm kind of I'm glad with how it laid out for the most part. Yeah, there's a stretch here that's kind of unsung, at least from the stuff that I read around the digital stratosphere that week 13 through week 16 is really advantageous if the Vikings are good. Home against the Jets, at the Lions, home against the Colts, home against the Giants. That's a nice uh, appetizer platter to get ready for this road gauntlet against the Packers and Bears. And I guess I operated under the assumption that the team will be competitive because we're still in the honeymoon phase. But I like that portion of it. Um, It's nice recovery from Murr's Row with Buffalo, Dallas, and New England. Um, Bryant on the, the Miami Vikings game. We now have a date. That's October 16th. Uh, what do you, what are your, your accommodations usually when you go to a Dolphins game? Do you get a suite or do you hang out with Serena? What's the deal? Um, she's usually not at the game, so I use her suite. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I nailed that one, huh? Got to go to right. use. Yeah. Is that suite available uh, for Believe Crew in, uh, <laughs> in October 16th? Probably. <laughs> There you go, Ron. Probably. I was check the week before and um, just see uh, if it's available. And it's available, they just let me use it. That's they just... somebody use it because they don't want it to go to waste. So it's like, okay, like we're not in really? town. Yeah. In October what? October 16th. Oh, I thought it was they the 12th. They would just finish the U.S. Open, but yeah, it'd probably be open. Oh, really? How many? How many oh, folks? How many folks can get in one of those? I'm a novice with sweets. I normally, 
I've probably asked for 10 tickets. I don't ask for like probably more than that. Oh, really? But, but more people can fit in there. But I'll just be like, oh, can I get eight or can I get 10? Oh, okay. Well, if, if that were to come to fruition, if you knew beforehand, then I might be able to to swing uh, trip with <laughs> the wife and I because I could sell her on the fact that, you know, we get free tickets to the game. We just got to get our asses down there. Right. I, I digress. Mm-hmm. All right. So what else? another thing that happened since we all chatted um, that I want to get takes from each of you is the Vikings have a new kicker. Uh, we went from a, a Greg Joseph redemption tour, sort of, to end the season. He looked like the incumbent that was going to be the kicker. And then, bada bing, they signed a guy, Gabe Bursich, from Oklahoma, who young and cool, and he has a three-year deal. So, Ron, do you, do you think that this guy will just live on the practice squad, or is he actually going to try to push Joseph to the limit? Because, you know, Vikings kicking matters are a big deal. So, I think... Um... Well, signing him to the multi-year deal, obviously, it does two things because it does – you obviously can bring him in for competition and then uh, bring him in for competition and let him uh, see if he is capable of uh, kicking at this level. Um, and you can always practice squat him. Um, I, it, I go back to a few years ago um, back when Carolina had Graham Gano, who was a Pro Bowl kicker, and they had Harrison Butker on their practice squad. Um, so I think that they – had him on there, but then the Chiefs had an injury. I think it was Cairo Santos. He got hurt, and they brought in Butker, and obviously he's been one of the league's best kickers. So um, the thing is, it, with Joseph and his like two and a half million dollar contract, none of it's guaranteed, and that's a pretty high number for a middle of the road kicker. So if this um, this college kid comes in and like is wowing everyone that'll be a place where they can easily save some money on, uh, on Joseph. And if not, then maybe they put him in the practice squad and hopefully not have another Daniel Carlson type situation where you uh, give up. on uh, Sally. So this Oklahoma kicker, I think it's Bray Burchich Burkich. I have to get that down once and for all. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't expect that, but he's going to try to snag the job from Greg Joseph. Do you think that that happens this summer or is this just a a grab for later days? Um, I honestly don't know enough about him to to really make any um, predictions on it. I will just say how relieved I am. I have felt for a long time and I used to get a lot of pushback on this. I, I just really felt um, that Mike Zimmer and his approach towards players didn't work on, obviously, a lot of guys, but specifically kickers and special teams guys, um, guys that need to be very mentally sharp and confident. And I think that we saw that with once Blair Walsh was was what he was, and then every guy that came in after that. Um, especially, you know, the league and all the guys around saw what he did to Daniel Carlson. And it's impossible to not have that kind of stuff on your mind, right? I mean, everybody handles that stuff differently. So I'm not going to put it a hundred, I'm not saying a hundred percent. It was Mike Zimmer's fault that we've had these recent uh, kicking inconsistencies, but it certainly didn't help the situation. Um, so I am just excited to, if we are going to have two guys battling out for the job that I think both of them are going to be in a much more positive headspace than we have seen the last several years. And, um, I don't think it's going to be a lot of anxiety pushing them to feel they need to do well. I think it's more so going to be, they just want to do well and, and compete and earn the job. So better, better atmosphere for them to succeed. 
And with kick, when it comes to kickers, unless you have a Justin Tucker, unless you have one of those elite guys, why not bring in a rookie every year and see what, like whether it's undrafted or a late draft pick um, to see what they have. Because, you know, I know for a fact that last year, Evan McPherson was a guy that the Vikings wanted and they, they were going to, um, I don't know what round it was. They were going to trade up for him, but they got sniped by the Bengals. So, and dude looks oh. like a stud. He's sitting there uh, and, uh, you know, putting up or telling his guys, Hey, we're going to the Super Bowl." Like, you know, like he's got the swag out there that he, you know, the confidence that you want out of a kicker. So um, what was his nickname last year? Something money, right? I don't even know. Um, Anyways, yeah, he, I mean, I've never seen swag like that from a kicker. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. And then then to hear that at the Super Bowl, and to hear at the Super Bowl that he was sitting on the sidelines watching the the halftime show. Like, I get you're a kicker that, you know, what do you really need to practice or go into team meetings for? Like, you do your job, kick it through the uprights. But that, like, that earned a lot of respect for me. Like, dude, just sitting there watching the halftime show front row. Mm -hmm. Money Mac. Yeah, money Mac. Brian, what is your oh money Mac? Okay, Mm -hmm. Brian, what is your experiences um, with kickers as teammates? Are they typically guys that just kind of keep to themselves and do their own thing? It's like always three of them. Where it's like the long snapper, the kicker, and the punter. Mm -hmm. They like they're like with each other all day long. But I will say, when I was in Baltimore, Justin Tucker was a very like big personality Mm -hmm. and very fun, and kind of mingled with everybody. What was uh Chris Cluey like? Was Chris he was cool too? He kind of he kind of like he talked with a lot of people. Chris was cool too, yeah. Yeah, Chris seemed a little more. He's obviously a little more uh, likes a little more attention than most of those guys yeah. seem like they do. But I haven't. Heard, what's he up to? I haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Whenever we we. Uh, Sally, Ron, and me start lamenting <clears throat> kicker row and all the bad at kicker experiences. We pivot to Bryant. <laughs> he, he never has any na- naughty stories to tell about Vikings kickers. So well, he had Longwell, and then yeah, you know, so it was like over to start in Baltimore. And yeah, it was so it. weird. Like from <laughs> 2002 to 2010, evidently. We well, just... remember for Longwell, there was somebody. It was an older man. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, there was a couple there. Um, there was Gary Morton, Anderson. Morton Anderson. They brought you Gary play, back. You didn't play with Gary. Did, no, Gary was, I it was Gary. I'll look it up. There was Morton Anderson for Morton sure. Morton Anderson came in, but I, I Joel think Gary was, like, Gary was like from Australia or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on here. Yeah, they brought. Hold they, on. We got to get this. Co- I yeah, can't believe this. They brought him back in B Max rookie year. Who? Oh, geez. Gary. Why would they bring him back? Are you kidding? You don't remember that? <laughs> no. Why? He wasn't good with them before? <laughs> you know, he he didn't get cut after the 98 season. Well, he shouldn't have been cut, but I just, if he left, you mean he left no. and came back? Or no, he... he stayed with the team for four more years. Oh, oh, okay. I Sorry, I thought he went somewhere else, and then they brought him back to the Metronome. Okay. Yeah, so, so he was cool? They crossed paths, Brian and him, for a single year. Well, I'm sure he was a great guy, but... <laughs> Well, no, I just want to know, like, what is that? Did he have swag? Did he have he was, air money swag? I don't he was know. 43 when Bryant was there. Yeah, and that's why I was saying he was an older guy. I mean, I was 22. He's 43. <laughs> he, he didn't join you on Lake Minnetonka ever? No, not at all. <laughs> he, that's what he needed. That's what he but needed. I, I remember him because I felt like he brought in, like, kangaroo meat or something that was weird that I never had before. 
kangaroos. Did you <laughs> so that's eat why it? I was like, that's how I knew he was from Australia. And I was like, no, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and then two yeah. years later, they brought in 44-year-old Morton Anderson. And I remember this era vividly because as a young fan, it was like all the other teams had kickers that could hit from 50. And we had these sons of bitches that max was like 38, 39. And I used to be (laughs) seriously. It was, it was like, it would get around like the, I remember it vividly like 30 yard line. I'd be like, Oh shit. I don't know if Morton can hit from there. And you think about the lunacy of that. No, one is, I think is an Ian, I believe. But they were back and forth on the NFL all-time scoring list for yeah. like that. I think they were just waiting each other out, like kind of like Breeze and Brady were doing for a while. Like, who's gonna hang him up first? Because I want that all-time scoring record. But um, it just yeah, like to your point, it's you know you look at the Mike Banderjack in uh, in Indianapolis. He was a big personality and he was very successful for a while. And then Sebastian Janikowski, like I mean. They took they yeah they put a first round pick into him and well, obviously like that's all they needed they went to the Super Bowl they lost but um, who drafts a kicker in the first round it's uh but that guy you know you hear the stories about him and uh and, but dude could still boom seventy yarders if uh if they needed it what yes. year was he drafted two thousand one the year oh, they wow. went to the Super Bowl. So I'm, okay. look, I'm looking at it here now that I, I'm in my little playground with the numbers. And in 2000, 2001, 2002, and 2004 with Morton Anderson, the Vikings attempted two 50-yard field goals. That was it. What? Yep. How many years? Uh, that was, let's see, four seasons worth. They didn't even try them. Yeah, and so uh, this is what happens when I do my stat stuff. I, I, I see stuff that happens on the TV, and then I'm like, there has to be something to us. And you go dig it up, and you find it. Sure enough, in those seasons, they, tr- they tried two beyond 50 and it just and did they make them oh uh, yeah let's see here gary connected on one in uh, 2002 i think i actually remember that thinking holy shit this old guy hit that maybe, maybe both of both these guys both of these guys defense of both these guys they they could nail it in their prime from oh, 50. Yeah. yeah so this is just as their geriatric with the vikings Maybe maybe back then when you have Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper, like maybe that was a good thing to not have a kicker that could kick it from fifty because now it's like, hey, we're at the forty yard line, we're just gonna go for it, unless they put Berger or Berger and had him uh, coffin corner it. But uh, maybe maybe that's the style to go get an old guy who's gonna nail everything within forty and then go for it every other other time. <laughs> Well, now sometimes it seems like that those guys that are very accurate from like 50 plus are mess up on the short ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand that. Can one of you guys explain that to me? For my Any understanding, elite minds here? Uh, so I can only equate it to, to golf and it's because I'm a bad mm-hmm. golfer. And I, but it's uh, in the sense of when you're like, so using a club, if you're 200 yards out, um, sometimes just a comfort level. Like you might have a 200 yard club that you can hit straight every single time, but then you pump down to 150 and you just don't have the control because how you need to hit the ball is different. Again, I've, um, I can't kick for shit. Um, it was whether it's soccer or football, but again, just using the physics side of it, it's, it's always a different how you approach and how you, your foot placement. And um, I, I'll never understand it because that's their one job. Like, I mean, you literally like, it's like when NBA players can't make free throws, like you can go and sit there and practice on it yourself. And the rim is never moving. Like it's the same thing. It's the same 15 mm-hmm. feet, 10 feet. High. It's, mm-hmm. it's not changing. You should be able to do it if you're a pro, but uh, um, that's why like the guys like Justin Tucker, like amaze me because not only is he 
do like he has the longest streak, I think, up within 40, but then they trot him out there for a 66 yarder against the Lions and he nails it. Yeah. yeah. So some, well, <clears throat> some etymology on kickers while we're in memory lane. So uh, Gary Anderson stayed on with the Vikings for four more years after the infamous 98 miss. And then, <laughs> then they got, got Morton Anderson for one hurrah. <laughs> Do you guys remember the 2003 kicker out of curiosity? Was no. Fouad Revez? Revez? Like, that was, was before. He... Okay. I, um, 2003. Man. Aaron Give Ellen. us a hint. Who? Aaron Elling. That's yep. re- that's the guy that I when I was at training camp and uh and he was he was coming by because everyone was waiting there for Kevin Williams. So um well, you know one of the kids I was with wanted Kevin Williams autograph and so he had his helmet out and wanted the autograph and Aaron Elling shows up and I look at him and pull the ha- or grab the kid's hand and pull it back. No. <laughs> and uh then some people felt bad and had him give an autograph, but then uh um yeah. And then he made the team, and I was like, I'll never forget that name, Aaron Allen. Yep, and then they went to Morton Anderson, um, Edinger, and then oh, yep, settled on Longwell in 2006, and the rest was history there. 2006. Yeah. And how long was he there? Ooh, uh, let's see. That was quite – Until Blair Walsh. So Blair Walsh – did you play with Blair Walsh, Brian? No, he... no, he didn't. No, 12? I think he was drafted. Uh, <laughs> six years. Six years for Longwell, and he played 96 games. So he was uh, more a Packer, 144 games with the Packers. Uh, but, yeah, he went all the way up until 2011 for the Vikings. And Ryan Longwell now is a professional golfer, right? Ooh, I, don't, I, don't. I don't think he's on PGA or anything. but yeah. So, Brian, yeah. you're doing this trip, but do you golf also? Not really. Yeah, no. <laughs> dance, wanna, dance wanna, and tennis. I'm yeah. gonna be there and you know take some swings. Yeah. I guess and try to. Yeah, if you're getting paid, you'll do anything, right? I mean, but, Sally, did you see not? Rick Spielman dancing? I did. Um, you <laughs> know how... where? TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> no. Oh, Brian, you got. Oh, Brian. Oh my God, we got to show you this. <laughs> yeah, get, get a live. Oh my God, Brian! I can't believe we didn't bring this up earlier. So I honestly. I've seen it because you know how it like plays as a preview on your feed, but you don't necessarily have to open it and play the music. I never have expanded it because just with the preview I've seen, I said, oh, God, <laughs> I'm cringing. It's so seriously, Brian, you're not even going to recognize this guy. He has lost it. So for context, Brian, he was terminated by the Vikings in January. And then Life After Football is going around podcasts and shows. And then he does TikTok where he did a bunch of opinion takes on draft prospects and he was especially fond of Malik Willis, uh, who drafted in the third round by the Titans. And then just this little nugget of him uh, doing like this white guy version of a floss. It? Yeah, you got to go uh, find it on uh, like Declan, Declan Goff. He has a re- or has a tweet of it. He deleted it off of his own Twitter. Yeah, I don't. Or I don't. TikTok? His I, own don't TikTok? I don't know that it was supposed to really hit the light of day from Spielman's camp. <laughs> this is the one you're talking about right here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. says. Um, it says though that it had a TikTok logo on it. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, some somebody Someone got self conscious. Uh... Oh, you're gonna do it right on the live. I thought you were gonna share him the link. Oh, I can send him the link. <laughs> yeah, you have to share the link. I want to hear what he's dancing to. He's doing the dribble, dribble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he's letting his hair down now. That doesn't seem he like he's gonna get this. I'm not gonna get the. That. I would have never thought he was gonna be on TikTok dancing. No, nor would I. I mean, I never would have thought that about Brad Johnson either, but Brad Johnson does like all this trick shot stuff, footballs and basketball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brad Johnson's is very cool, his TikTok. Yeah, I wanted to. I asked B Mac before you guys came on the show, like early on. I think we were about to play the Cowboys in 2020, and I tried to see if B Mac could get Brad Johnson on, but I don't think we had. Well, I know we didn't have any luck. He would for sure do it. He reached out to me. I need to connect because he wanted me to come on the show of his, and we have each other's number now. It's Gus Farad. Oh, really? Oh. Oh, yeah. He can give us an anti-Kirk speech. Or that's Ro- <laughs> Wait, no, that's Rosenfeld. Never mind. Rosenfeld. Oh, yeah. Sage. Yeah, I would love to have Sage, too. Oh, yeah. Sally and him are thick as thieves when it comes to that Kirk stuff. No, I mean, <laughs> yes, that. But he's a little more hey, well, than me. Sage yeah. and I, I think Sage and I follow each other on Instagram, so I could reach out to him. Sage, too, <laughs> has the best stories because he was in that locker room with Brett Favre. Or right. in the QB room. He has the best Brett Favre stories if you ever read his book. Once, uh, do we ever rule out getting Favre, Bryant, for the show? I felt like you had to probably say it to me again so I can remember to reach out. I, <laughs> I yeah. I that. So that, that's kind of like the final frontier for this show, in my opinion, because we've had Moss, Peterson, Jared Allen, you know, all the big big dudes that you played yeah, with. with that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, uh, Adrian was before my time, so if he ever wants to come back, oh, on, that's right. I'd be. Uh, Is Adrian? Can... Sorry, go ahead. I mean, oh, no, I was gonna say I could. I could go show him. Tell him how his old house is doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, did Adrian hasn't retired, right? Like no, I know he played last year, but okay. <laughs> yeah, not officially. Okay. No, he's in that so. weird limbo where he won't retire, but he usually signs on for a little bit with a team. Yeah. And then... Uh, Good for him. Scores a touchdown or whatever, and then that's that. Yeah, I know. You know Ron, I totally fun forgot. one would be um, Bryant that you're close with that just retired Frank Gore. Um, just he had another boxing match and he won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just like really? you look at like he like his career, like uh, like it's one of those where I know you hear the talk like is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? But like top five all time in rushing, dude played for so long. With all these, I, like, that's the thing. You like longevity has to be a factor, and especially when you're on a list that includes Walter Payton, you know, and all those like guys. Top five on these lists. Yeah, so that that would be one that. Uh, well, the thing is, Frank wasn't like a big personality. Frank just kind of was quiet under the yeah. radar and did his job. Yeah, he was a Tim Duncan. And I probably, I probably, that's probably what it is. But if you look at like the stats and everything that he's accomplished, like yeah, he be. wasn't a diva. And the one thing yeah. with him that I'd like, I'd love to ask him about, like the the shared uh, demise that you and him both had against the Saints, like specifically that when Greg Williams was talking, they, he was talking about Frank Gore, like the being the head of the snake, and you know, take off the head, uh, the rest <laughs> of the body dies. So mm-hmm. um, that's yeah. All right. Well, we, anyway. I want to talk to Dante. 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 Oh yeah, I bet you could fire yeah, that right, one so up. You got to give me somebody. Got to text me a list of people. So <laughs> Sally, you got the list. Yeah, I just texted him the video, so I can text him that. Too. Yeah, text okay. him the list of who you want because um, I learned very on when he and I started the show. All I had to do was say mention a name, and within a week <laughs> or two, the guy comes on. I totally forgot, Ron, that Adrian was like the week before you became a full timer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Either. Yeah, we got to bang that drum again. All right, well, we are out of time, but we'll be back next week, maybe with a guest, maybe Dante Culpepper. Okay. Maybe Rosenfels, we hey. shall see. Any any parting words from anybody? Well, if there's a if Brian, if there legitimately is any uh, um, a sweet opportunity for uh, 
for that Dolphins game, be sure to let us know. Um, because, I would, like I said, I would I'll, know probably like the week. I would definitely know by this time leading okay. into this Sunday. Okay. Because I'll be there regardless, and uh, so okay. And if not, then we'll have to we'll have to plan uh, plan something. Or if you just remind me the week before, I'll just put in an order like prior. There you go, okay. Ron. Sounds any, good. Any closing arguments from Sally? No, I just want to say I love it that the schedule is out. It feels good just to kind of have things set in stone and know what you're doing. And now that that's out, I mean, training camp is going to be here before you know it. So. It absolutely is. Very exciting. We are 116 days from real Vikings football. All right, group. You have a wonderful evening. We'll be back next week. And skull, baby. Skull. All right. Thanks for letting him join a little bit. (laughs) The milk truck eased into my space. Somebody screamed somewhere. I Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.